Hello, and welcome back to the Come Follow Me Bible Challenge. Today we are looking at Joshua, the book of Joshua. It only gets one week, which, you know, that's time constraints. That's just how it is. It only gets one week. But we're looking at Joshua today and considering what it is the Lord has for us to learn from his word, from this book. And we are just going to be looking at chapters 6 and 7 of Joshua. A little bit of background with the book of Joshua. He is the successor to Moses in the sense that he is leading the people of Israel. He is commissioned with leading them into the land that God has promised to Israel. And there are a bunch of people in the way, and so he's got to move forward with an army and displace the people who are in the land. So that way they can have this land that God has given to them. God cares about land. He made the land. He made this people, and he made this land for this people. That's his desire is for his people to be in the land. And Joshua is tasked with being strong and courageous for God to lead the people into this place. If you read chapter 1, it says multiple times, God says multiple times to Joshua, be strong and courageous. I'm with you. You can do this. That's quite the task. Can you imagine being in Joshua's sandals, having to march forward and conquer a bunch of people? That, that That's pretty crazy. Well, we're going to consider two of their raids, one being in Jericho and the other one being in Ai. All right? You can pronounce these different Hebrew words in different ways, but I'm going to say Jericho and Ai. And let's just start looking at uh, Jericho. It, it, if you're familiar with the Old Testament, maybe you're in a Sunday school class, you remember the walls of Jericho fell down. They had to march around seven times. There were trumpets and the walls fell down, etc. Uh, well, we're j- kind of jumping in the middle of that story where they are raiding the city. And I, maybe I shouldn't use the word raiding. That kind of has bad connotations, doesn't it? They're conquering the uh, city of Jericho, and this is purely by God's power. And, and we're jumping into the middle of that uh, quest and listening carefully to what God tells Israel to do. So this is Joshua chapter 6, and we're going to start at verse 18. He says, As for you, only keep yourselves from the things under the band, so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the band, band, not band, <laughs> and make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble in it. So we're just going to stop right there, and we're just going to think about what that means for a second. Only keep for yourselves the things under the ban, so that you do not covet them and take some of the things under the ban and make the camp of Israel accursed and bring trouble in it, or trouble on it. And then verse 19, All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. Okay, so he's instructing them what to do with the stuff as they go into this place, Jericho, as God delivers Jericho into their hands. What are they allowed to do with the stuff that's there? And there were certain items that were banned, certain items that were under the ban. That's how it's phrased. Uh, if you read from the ESV, for instance, it kind of phrases it a bit differently, and it talks about items being devoted to destruction, items devoted to uh, destruction. So I, I've got that in front of me here in, uh, <clears throat> in a physical Bible. Remember those where you just turn actual pages? 
Joshua 6, 18. So the same verse, just in a different version. But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. So the instruction here to the people of Israel is, there are items that are to be destroyed that you are not to keep. Yet there are other things that they can keep. As you know, I read the next verse, verse 19. All the silver and gold and articles of bronze and iron, they're holy to the Lord. Those things shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the details about what they could keep, what they couldn't keep, for our purposes today, that's not necessarily uh, needed necessarily needed. That's kind of funny. It's not necessary that you have this list of items, keep, don't keep. I just want you to think about this. They are told before Jericho falls, as you have this stuff laid before you, there are certain things that just need to be destroyed and other things to be kept, put in the Lord's treasury, etc. All right, that's all you need to know for the moment. We're going to come back to this idea, but that's all you need to know. Let's keep reading. Verse 20 So the people shouted, and the priests blew the trumpets, and when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight ahead, and they took the city. They utterly destroyed everything in the city, both man and woman, young and old, and ox and sheep and donkey, with the edge of the sword. Now here's something you got to come to grips with when you're reading the Old Testament. It's pretty uh, pretty intense. Did you catch what, what they did here? They went straight ahead into the city. They took the city. Well, what does that mean? Verse 21, they, the Israelites, the warriors here for the people of Israel, utterly destroyed everything in the city. What do you mean? What did they destroy? Both man and woman, young and old, and ox, and sheep, and donkey. Well, how did they destroy them? With the edge of the sword, it says, verse 21. That's pretty intense. You know, we are in a, in a really soft time in world history, I think, <laughs> comparatively. Because of all the advances in technology, we are so comfortable Right now, I'm in a climate-controlled room with lights on something soft, and I'm communicating to people without having to travel. I mean, this is, this is wild. We're really, really soft. And, and we actually haven't had to face much danger in our lives, comparatively speaking. When it comes to warfare, especially if you've lived in America your whole life, it's quite likely You've not seen much. You've not seen much death. You've not been close to very much death. So this is pretty intense when we put ourselves in that situation and say, whoa, they're taking swords out and they're killing not just animals, but people, young and old. They're killing them. And God's saying, that's what you need to do. That's pretty intense. Are you comfortable with that? Uncomfortable with that? Because this is the God of the Bible. This is what happened in world history. You need to embrace it because this is what God commissioned his people to do at that time. Well, I want us now to jump over to chapter 7. Jericho fell. Now we are going to talk about Ai, another place, a place called Ai. And I need to get back here. Here we go. All right. 
And now you can see if you're watching along, the heading for chapter seven is Israel is defeated at AI. So this is the this is the very next thing. Chapter six was Jericho jumping into AI chapter seven. And look at what it says, chapter 7, verse 1. But the sons of Israel acted unfaithfully in regard to the things under the ban. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, from the tribe of Judah, took some of the things under the ban. Those things that were supposed to be devoted to destruction. He took some of those things, and therefore the anger of the Lord burned against the sons of Israel. Wow. There was some deception going on. This man, Achan, did not devote all the things to destruction that were to be devoted to destruction, and he took some of those things for himself. Therefore, God's anger burned against his own people. That's a, that's a big deal. That's a bad thing that Achan did. And it's going to have a massive effect, a very, very massive effect. So let's jump in in verse 10. Oh, wait, I need to say something before verse 10. So Israel goes out to fight Ai, and they were unsuccessful. They're defeated at Ai, as the heading says. Because God's anger burned against his people, he did not give them success in their battle against Ai. That's what you missed in the verses that we're jumping over. Verse 10, so the Lord said to Joshua, rise up. Why is it that, you're, that you have fallen on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant which I commanded them. And they have taken, or they have even taken, some of the things under the ban and have both stolen and deceived. Moreover, they have also put them among their own things. Therefore, the sons of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies, for they have become accursed. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy the things under the ban from your midst. Rise up, consecrate the people and say, consecrate yourselves tomorrow for thus the Lord, the God of Israel has said, there are things under the ban in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have removed the things under the ban from your midst. In the morning, then you shall come near by your tribes, and it shall be the tribe, or shall be that the tribe which the Lord takes by lot shall come near by families, and the family which the Lord takes shall come near by households, and the household which the Lord takes shall come near man by man. It shall be that the one who is taken with the things under the ban shall be burned with fire, and he and all that belongs to him. Because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord and because he has committed a disgraceful thing in Israel. God takes this very seriously, doesn't he? They have stolen and deceived, God says, of his people. And of course, there's a certain man from a certain household out of a certain tribe, Achan. He has caused Israel to lose in battle. In fact, there were over 30 men who died in that battle against Ai. Those men lost their lives because of Achan's sin. And Israel was defeated in a battle because of Achan's sin. And Joshua, their leader, totally lost it, fell on his face, saying, Lord, what are we going to do? What are you going to do for your great name? And God responds by saying, look, uh, this people has become accursed because they've acted wickedly. The sin of Achan 
has caused the entire nation to be cursed. So, as you heard in that description, God is going to point out who the problem person is, tribe by tribe, household by household, man by man. And, of course, it comes about that it's Achan. And uh, the Lord had said, down in verse uh, 15, that the person is to be burned with fire. That's pretty intense. Well, let's jump down to verse 22. Let's see how this wraps up. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, Achan's tent, and behold, it was concealed in his tent with the silver underneath it. They took them from inside the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the sons of Israel, and they poured them out before the Lord. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the mantle, the bar of gold, listen to this, his sons, his daughters, his oxen, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that belonged to him, and they brought them up to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? The Lord will trouble you this day. And all Israel stoned them with stones, and they burned them with fire after they stoned them with stones. They raised over him a great heap of stones that stands to this day, and the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Well, here we see the raw, terrible consequences of sin. That's what this is. Of course, sin is ugly just in and of itself as we consider it on its own. Uh, It's a transgression against a holy God. That little sin isolated by itself, worthy of punishment, worthy of death, worthy of mourning. It's, It's evil. I mean, this is the very definition of evil, transgression against God the only good one. Yet we also see in this that sin affects lots of people. Those men who lost their lives in the battle against Ai, where Israel lost, well, they lost their lives because of Achan's sin. Achan's sons and daughters were killed with him. That's pretty intense, isn't it? Well, here's what you have to come to grips with. If you're struggling to embrace this response of God, you may have a low view of the holiness of God. In fact, I would go as far to say as you do have a low view of the holiness of God. God is so holy and just and perfect that sin demands punishment. If you are going to rebel against the Holy One, you are going to endure a just punishment. And the people around you are going to be affected. Isn't that just, like, devastating? Consider your life. Uh, Here, Achan stole some silver, gold, the mantle, other stuff, you know. He, he took this stuff for himself. Have, have you ever stolen anything? That's a sin. That goes against one of the Ten Commandments even. That's clearly a sin. 
Have you ever deceived? Achan here, it, it says that he deceived. Not only did he steal, but he deceived. Have you ever deceived anybody? That sin is worthy of the full punishment of a holy God. You were not created for that purpose. You have transgressed your Creator's command. You've willfully disobeyed, and that sin is worthy of death. We could go down the list. Uh, you know, we talk about anger. We could talk about lust. We could talk about greed. All sorts of things. Every sin, no matter how small you think it is, is a big deal in the eyes of God. And it deserves a punishment that you would not put on yourself. It deserves a punishment from the eternal one. Meaning, it deserves an eternal punishment. You deserve for your sin, eternal separation from God where you endure eternal punishment because of your sin. Now, and I'm not, I'm not singling anybody out. You know, I don't know who's listening to this. So when I say you, I mean all of us. I'm even included in that. I'm not excluding myself as some righteous preacher. Even the mo- most righteous preacher, think Billy Graham, even Billy Graham is included. We are all deserving of hell, eternal punishment from an eternal God because of our sin. And here we have a picture of that devastating punishment that our sin deserves. Just just a little picture, a little glimpse. Well, after that sin was removed in Israel, God blessed them again, and they were able to conquer Ai because there was no longer sin in the camp. They were no longer accursed. They were blessed. Well, how can you get from being accursed to being blessed? <laughs> That's a relevant question, right? If you've got sin in your life, well, how, how do you remedy that condition? Well, you remedy that condition by appealing to the Lord's forgiveness in Jesus Christ. I hope that you understand the gravity of sin, and and I hope you feel a weight of sin on your shoulders that needs to be removed. Because as long as that sin is there, you cannot be right with God. As long as those transgressions are on your account and you have that debt, you can't be blessed by God. That debt has to be paid. Those transgressions have to be removed as far as the East is from the West in order for you to have a a relationship with God that is good. And in the person and work of Jesus Christ, our sins are removed. When we appeal to what Jesus has done, see, this is going outside of ourselves. This isn't relying on our own efforts. This is appealing to the finished work of Jesus Christ to not just remove our sin, but to award us the very righteousness of God then we enter into a new relationship and God doesn't count our sins against us anymore because Jesus took care of all of our sins, past, present, and future, and we're released then to know God and to live a loving life that reflects the love of God. This is truly, truly good news. But to get to the good news, you have to understand the bad news. You have to see the weight of sin. And I hope through the story of Achan, you see just how devastating sin is. 
Because if you can get that, you'll understand how amazing grace is. How amazing God's forgiveness, His love and mercy in the person and work of Jesus Christ really is. Well, if you want to know more about that, reach out. We'd love to talk to you. Send me a message, whatever you'd like to do. See God for who He is, holy and just. And see Jesus Christ as the bridge to get you into a loving relationship with your Maker. Because in your natural state, you're separated from Him. And Jesus, because of what He did in your place for your sins, He can make you right with God once for all. I hope you can see that. God bless.